In our last post, I revealed that we're living in an education multi-world TM and finished with the question, so how's your education world? Maybe you're like me back in the 90s with Jeremy Alsop and you're thinking, I have a world? Or maybe you already had a world, but this education multi-world concept has blown your mind and you're desperate to know more. Well, what if I told you that just like Peebo Bryson in the closing credits of the Disney animated classic Aladdin, I can show you the world, or worlds, and maybe even introduce you to a whole new world, or two. So, hello, I'm Dr. Brad Fuller, and this is the Geek Based Learning Podcast. Returning to the five worlds of the Education Multiworld, TM, revealed in Davis and Francis's fourth edition of Engaging Minds, 1. Pre-modern education, 3000 BCE, 2. Standardised education, 1600s, 3. Authentic education, early 1900s, 4. Democratic citizenship education, 1960s, 5. Systemic sustainability education, 1990s. I'll show you how to develop a worldview X-ray vision, TM, superpower that will equip you to see through the words people use to talk about knowledge, learning and teaching to unveil their education world. This is crucial because it's likely that conversations between inhabitants of different worlds of the education multi-world are lost in translation making it almost impossible to have a shared understanding about what is worth knowing, what good teaching is, and what it means for students to learn, to name just a few big questions. This superpower won't just allow you to position others, though. You can also use this power on your own language and slide into philosophy to find a whole new world or worlds of education for you and your students. The key to unlocking our worldview X-ray vision is to understand the role of metaphors. While humans are capable of logical reasoning, we generally default to analogical reasoning through the use of metaphors. Indeed, the word metaphor is a metaphor, coming from the Greek meta plus pherin, meaning to carry across. For example, learning is grasping carries across the simple act of grabbing an object to the complex event of transforming understanding. So each era of education has a dominant paradigm with clouds of associated icons, metaphors and language that guide the action of a community of specialists. Davis and Francis maintain that, quote, metaphors pervade through and influence action. Similarly, Each synonym for teaching is both a description and a prescription. That is, each point to both a theory, i.e. literally a way of seeing, and a practice. And every metaphor of knowledge triggers its own cascade of consequences and associations. As an example, look at this cascade of entailments. Knowledge is an object, leads to learning is acquiring, leads to learners are repositories which leads to the prescription that teaching is depositing objects into imperfect receptacles. While these clouds of metaphors are often implicit or invisible, they frame the discourse of each education world. So the next step in unlocking our worldview X-ray vision is to see each world's metaphors and make the implicit 
explicit by learning to identify the discourse or the shared language associated with each world. Based on Engaging Minds and its associated website, learningdiscourses.com, I've compiled a hit list for each world. Let's begin by meeting educators from each world. Pre-modern educators, or PEs, inhabit a world carved out of traditions inherited from the ancient Greek academy, the medieval university, and the early parochial or parish schools. They are devoted to order and believe truth is eternal, universal, and independent of human existence. Their metaphor is clear direction and the straight and narrow, avoiding deviations and deflections, i.e. anything off the line. Their approach to teaching is mainly about helping individuals to understand their place in the universe. Standardized educators, SEs, inhabit a world that emphasizes common programs of study, age-based grade levels, and uniform performance outcomes. They draw much of their inspiration and content from ancient traditions and religion, but their main influences are industry and the physical sciences. Their approach to teaching focuses on facts and skills and is modeled after working on a factory line. Authentic educators, AEs, inhabit a world rooted in the human sciences and emphasize personal engagement, learner difference, developmental stages, and personalized learning aligned with individual curiosities and goals. Their classroom approaches are based in reality, focused on understanding, and rich with inquiry. Their teaching is less directive and more attentive to individuals. Democratic citizenship educators, DCEs, live in a world informed mainly by the social sciences. They emphasize emancipation, empowerment, and voice in schools which are democratically governed by students who also have autonomy in managing their own learning. DCEs aim to promote social justice and productive collective action through recognizing and, where appropriate, subverting hegemonic, say that word second TM, structures. They see teaching as preparing students to contribute to a better society by addressing cultural inequities and suppressions through raising awareness. Systemic sustainability educators inhabit a global, complex ecosystem and believe that formal schooling has been too narrowly focused on humanity with an either-or approach to individuals and society. They are concerned with educating global citizens with knowledge of political and ecological issues who have the skills, attitudes and dispositions to participate mindfully in efforts to affect the world in ways that are ecologically sustainable. SECs look beyond traditional and assumed borders or boundaries and hope to enable and promote interactions between diverse peoples and ideas. They see teaching as raising awareness of and developing effective responses to social, cultural and ecological issues arising from environmental challenges associated with human activity that move us toward an ecologically minded and information-based society. So what does uncovering these worlds and worldviews mean for the humble classroom music teacher's understanding of knowledge, learning and teaching? It means that these matters are not settled. They are essentially contested concepts. Davis and Francis remind us that, quote, Our conception of teaching is that of the dominant culture. A sign of the privilege of the dominant culture is a freedom from having to be explicit about assumptions, or, for that matter, even to be aware of them. 
That's because the traditions and beliefs of the dominant culture are allowed to serve as the normal, commonsensical backdrop. They argue that although standardised education has had decades of extensive criticisms, it continues to prevail. Held in place by the familiarity of practice, uncritical beliefs about learning, oppressive regimes of examination, and simply its momentum. They remind us that, quote, it is difficult to conceive of education in terms that depart far from the implicit ideals of objective knowledge, standardised outputs, and efficient productivity. No other frame of formal education is so well fitted to the scientized and commercialized culture in which schools must operate. Clearly, it's time to slide into philosophy. To help us reveal assumptions and potentially communicate across the education multiworld, I've created the Education Multiworld Metaphor Matrix. The matrix is adapted from various tables developed by Brent Davis over the last 20 years and draws heavily on a table in the fourth edition of Engaging Minds and information at learningdiscourses.com. Next time you slide into philosophy, use the matrix to help you to unveil your cascade of entailments and or interrogate the language used in the educational discourse in your community. The matrix can also be employed with the septum circumstantiae whenever colleagues, bosses, politicians, etc. start spruiking best teaching practices or argue for more empirical research to unveil their assumptions about best where, when, and for whom, etc. Davis and Francis argue that even evidently scientific discourses on learning are riddled with unexplicated, often naive, and occasionally problematic metaphors. If you're listening to this post as a podcast, the Gig-Based Learning blog has the Education Multiworld Metaphor Matrix as a table. Along the top, we see pre-modern, standardized, authentic, democratic citizenship and systemic sustainability worlds. And down the left-hand side, we see knowledge is, students are, learning is, teaching is, the role of formal education is, and the focus of curriculum is as part of the matrix. Then, within each one of the worlds, I've listed metaphors and words that are used to describe knowledge, students, learning, teaching, etc. in each of the worlds. Take a look. It might just change your life. The matrix has a myriad of opportunities and many ways to use it. Let's put the matrix to work by comparing and contrasting the age-old standardized versus authentic worlds. In the standardized world, knowledge is objectified facts versus the authentic world, subjective personal interpretations. In the standardized world, students are deficient containers versus sufficient agents with active bodies. Learning is attaining, acquiring, reaching, internalizing, traversing, immersing, constructing, slash building, progressing through subject matter versus Recovering, attaining, construing, adapting, sense-making, meaning-making, embodying along multiple paths. Therefore, teaching is cause and effect instructing, delivering, directing, transmitting versus learner-centered, facilitating, guiding, attentive to learner's agency, oriented toward the development of each individual's potential. The role of formal education is influenced by industry and concerned with standards, value, measurement, quality control and efficiency, which are imposed on both the expectations of students and the work of the teacher versus 
to enable individuals. The focus of curriculum is practical skills and proven facts versus meanings and understandings. As we develop our worldview X-ray vision, it can help us to understand each other and begin to see how a logical entailment in one world could be completely nonsensical in another. Crucially, for classroom music teachers providing gig-based learning opportunities, the world our classroom inhabits might either nurture or reject our approach. Being able to speak across worlds might help us to create more helpful cascades of entailments for ourselves and also perhaps allow us to translate our work for bosses and other power brokers. Remember, these metaphors are descriptions and prescriptions. Unlocking a new world doesn't just open our minds to new possibilities to talk about knowledge, learning and teaching. It opens up new possibilities for action, new ways to learn, new ways to teach and potentially gives new, broader and perhaps even more inspiring purpose slash purposes for our work in the music classroom. This is a big deal. I've just scratched the surface of Brent Davis's work in this post. If it's ignited a spark for you, you'll love inventions of teaching and engaging minds, and you might even be brave enough to eventually tackle learningdiscourses.com. Just make sure you watch the orientation video first. That map is a doozy. Let me know if you do, and I'll join you on the magic carpet ride. I'll sign off with a personalized provocation from Davis and Francis. The evolution of your new horizons of educational possibility might be better served by efforts to understand the current discursive landscape than by claiming and defending patches of your terrain. If you'd like to know more about gig-based learning, we have a website at, unsurprisingly, geekbasedlearning.com. On the website, you'll find information about our gig-based learning community of practice. It's for classroom music teachers who want to find other classroom music teachers and join with them to live the good life of good teaching. I hope to see you there.